Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This is Martina Navratilova. I'm Mats Wilander. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy Murray. And you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. Well, hello and welcome to the Tennis Podcast brought to you in association with The Telegraph. It is day one of Wimbledon 2016 and Catherine Whitaker and myself, David Law, are joined here today. We have the pleasure of Gigi Salmon's company. Gigi, we always love having you on the Tennis Podcast, but particularly today because you were in our makeshift commentary box on BBC Radio 5 Live on Marcus Willis duty because... There is no commentary box. So where were you? I was standing to the left of the chair umpire's chair on court 17, just behind the chair of Ricardo Barrancas. So I was having to be very, very quiet because Barrancas was very unsettled. He was getting very annoyed. And I'd say it was about 16 deep behind me. People on the balcony of the debenchers lounge, I don't know what was happening on court 16, but they weren't watching it because they were leaning over. And as far as court one, people at the top of court one, the balcony, they were also looking down onto court 17. And what was this about shoes that you were telling me as we walked up? Uh, as Mar- Marcus Willis, if you don't know, he's ranked 772 in the world. He's the British number 23. He's earned $64 all year. And now he's just won himself 50 grand pounds sterling and will now play, face uh, Roger Federer probably in the second round. Federer is a setup. So what was this about shoes, Gigi? It was the hardcore Willis fans. These are people he knows very well. They were dressed like him with the white headband and the white top. And they were screaming, shoes on. Off if you like Willis. I won't sing it, but it went along those lines. And so they started waving their shoes. But then very un-Wimbledon-like, the rest of this crowd started waving shoes. I'm talking flip-flops, sandals, trainers, high heels. There was even a woman, and I think she'd had too many pims, on the debenture's balcony, waving her wedges. And the man next to her was giving her a look as if to say, I brought you to Wimbledon, I brought you into the debenture's lounge, and you are waving your shoes over the balcony. But it was absolutely incredible, the scenes on Court 17. Uh, tell us about Marcus Willis. What's he like? to watch really great to watch he's very relaxed he's very laid back he doesn't look as if anything's bothering him he's got a very very big serve he's got lovely touch and feel and good hands around the net he did not look as if anything was going to phase him he only had one racket and one grip and when the grip came off he had to quickly put it back on and try and tape it and he had a little gym bag that you or I would have if we went to the gym and at the end he snaffled three Wimbledon towels put them in his bag so it was a lot heavier when he left than when he arrived Awesome. Shishi Salmon's going to go off and interview Garbine Muguruza, the French Open champion who has just beaten Camilla Georgi. 
particularly exciting match that was as well, Catherine. That was a, a three-setter. It took a bit of doing for, uh, f- for Muguruza to get over the finish line. So Gigi's off to go and interview her for BBC Radio 5 Live. I don't know where to start, Catherine. Marcus Willis, Muguruza, it's all been happening today. Let's start with Marcus Willis. He's the story here, David. I can't get enough of it. I mean, I've been uh, reporting for live at Wimbledon on sort of the reaction to him on social media and, and, and social media seems to have fallen in love with Marcus Willis. I mean, all the stuff about him being completely relatable, you know, he's, he's, he's one of us, isn't he? Uh, and well, he's not one of me. I mean, I can't <laughs> play the game at all, as you well know. But uh, I know what you mean. Is, do you remember a few years ago when we had Chris Eaton in his Astra and, uh, and, and his dodgy wing mirror that was held on by sort of duct tape and and Marcus Willis has got that sort of everyman feel to him hasn't he you know 25 years of age can't really be bothered to do it in a professional manner but suddenly here he is at Wimbledon earned his place in the draw six matches just to get in he's now won the equivalent of a grand slam and he's in the second round well he's won seven matches which ordinarily would win you a grand slam three pre-qualifying matches three qualifying matches and now a main draw win today so yeah they should create a sort of makeshift little trophy for him that he can you know do some sort of lap of honour with he can come out on the balcony that the winner comes out on and do he virtually crowd surfed <laughs> when he when he won the match uh, at the end of the match he do- dives into the crowd and just hugs about 12 people his prize money to date this year has been uh, 50 pounds and 74 pence up until today when it suddenly became a minimum a minimum of 50,000 pounds and there were so many tweets coming in uh, from people, say, well, actually, there were several from people saying, uh, Marcus Willis is my coach and I'm going to be able to watch him play Roger Federer probably in a couple of days' time. I mean, can you imagine watching your, your coach at your local club in Warwick walk out and centre court to play Roger Federer? I mean, it's going to be extraordinary. It is going to be pretty special. Um, we actually have a, a colleague who was uh, producing our uh, tennis podcast at the Aegon Championships, Mr. David Earl, who's, who doubles not only as a podcast editor, but also as tennis coach. And he, he's good pals with Marcus Willis. He's been telling me about him for the last year. And, and Naomi Cavaday, who was commentating with us on, uh, on Five Live uh, today, was saying that this guy just does not play tennis in a way that any of these opponents will be used to. She said, Roger Federer, in all of his... 1,400 matches or whatever it is has never seen anything like this guy apparently slices forehands, backhands plays just with the one racket as Gigi was saying, it's a bit different Could Marcus Willis be the man to take the centre court support away from Roger Federer? Because Andy Murray hasn't been able to do it, I mean he's been able to take a portion of it away, but he's never succeeded in taking the majority of it away, could Marcus Willis be the man to do that? I mean I really think it's possible, how can you possibly cheer against this story it's extraordinary also on uh, twitter lots of people report of course there was so much focus on the prize money just because that stark contrast you know really lays bare just how big a deal it is for you know it puts this win in the context of his career in the context of his year so far he'll be very disappointed to see how desperately the pound has plummeted against the dollar lots of commentary about how you know the prize money this year's wimbledon which is dished out in pounds is significantly less valuable than it was this time last week but i'm sure 50 grand is so much to him that maybe that would be less of a consideration but yeah I mean there's just so many facets to the story you mentioned Dave Earl though I mean he reported to me uh, last week uh, mentions of more than one whole chicken being eaten in a seating at Na- in a sitting at Nando's by Marcus Willis I mean that's a guy you want to cheer for 
that's somebody I don't want to go to Nando's with because uh, unless we're having two chickens uh, and then we can have one each. But anyway, great story. It is lit up day one at Wimbledon here today as uh, Annabelle Croft goes walking past. Celebrity Annabelle Croft. Annabelle, how are you doing? Um, Just very quickly, how's your day one gone at Wimbledon? I have had a fabulous day, and I have just come straight from e- interviewing Garbina Muguruza, who was absolutely gorgeous and beautiful and spoke so well. And she's just told me that she likes cooking while she's here in SW19, and she likes cooking desserts. So we asked her what, and she said, oh, for some special Spanish desserts. So everybody's going to head round to Garbina Muguruza's house. Well, can we take Marcus Willis for this? Because he's our <laughs> new favourite player. Oh, I miss that match, but I have heard so much about it, and everybody has just... I, in fact, I was just with someone who watched him play all three rounds in qualifying last week, and they said that everybody down at qualifying was right behind him and so excited for him. I mean, what a story. It's just the most amazing story. It's what Wimbledon's about, actually. It is. We're going to stop interrupting your day now, Don't Annabelle. Worry. I think I might be done. OK, well, we'll have you here for another 20 minutes then, in that case. Annabelle, what, what, what are you looking forward to tomorrow? I've just been having a look, and we've got, we've got Liam Brody against uh, Andy Murray tomorrow. Serena Williams is playing for the first time. Yes, actually. Actually, I spoke to Liam yesterday and he was very excited about playing Andy. And of course, he said, oh, well, I've been hitting with him quite a bit. So he's not going to be overly intimidated playing Andy because, of course, he's been part of that Davis Cup team, you know, helping with warming up some of the players. He's hit with Andy quite a bit and he's such a cheeky chappy. He's got the most wonderful kind of sparkle in his eye. I think he'll absolutely love going out there against Andy. We've also got Caroline Wozniacki against uh, Svetlana Kuznetsova in the first round tomorrow. Amazing, yeah, isn't it? That is unbelievable, actually. You've got a grand or two-time Grand Slam champion up against a Grand Slam finalist. Uh, so that is going to be a cracker of a match. But Caroline's been struggling a bit, actually. I watched her play in Eastbourne last week. And, you know, we always think of Caroline as being such a great, great defender. She's a wonderful athlete out there. But she, um, she's just not quite... She doesn't have the intensity that she had when she was right at the top of the game. So just a little bit short on match play. Obviously, she's been injured and it's been a bit of a tough year for her. But uh, Svetlana's had a pretty decent year, actually. That is going to be a cracker of a match. I'm looking forward to that one. It is. It is. Annabelle. What are you having for dinner? What am I having like for dinner? <laughs> Catherine, what are you cooking? <laughs> I actually am cooking tonight. I'm cooking a sort of sar- salmon and asparagus and poached egg types Ooh, type thing. Well, I'm coming for your yeah, house for dinner nice? and then garbines yeah. for pudding. Right, then everybody around Catherine's house tonight for dinner. Annabelle, lovely to have you with us on the Tennis Podcast. Lovely to speak to you always. And Catherine, gorgeous Catherine. Oh, brilliant. I'll tell you, this is great. We're, we're hanging out right now in the sort of press area. Is There's this sort of walkway between uh, the broadcast centre and the interview area, which is where Gigi Salmon just went off to. And we're standing right outside the press room so people keep walking past in fact Eloise from the WTA who works in the communication staff has just walked out and poked her tongue out at us which uh, which is uh, uh, not polite but but we we, we don't mind Catherine uh, I don't really know where we got to but anyway um, we were talking about Garbinia Magarutha with with Annabelle we were talking about what sort of threat she poses to everybody else in the draw but today she she had a work cut out. Alistair Eakin was commentating on that for BBC Radio 5 Live and and he was talking about the, the shot making was just vicious, ferocious, extraordinary power by both players. Yeah, Camilla Georgie's got this incredible low centre of gravity, hasn't she? She's got that style where she really bends her knees into the ball and it, and it means you can absorb the power that comes from Garbinia Muguruza and suddenly her, her best weapons, which were firing pretty well today, they were just... She's walking past, she's about to come right past you here, Catherine Whitaker, going from one interview room to the next and... and um, 
I'll just keep my voice down because she's just walked past and she, by me, she's tall. I'm six foot seven. I was eye to eye with her just now. She looks, she's got that sort of regal stroll, hasn't she? As, as if she is somebody who, frankly, you better not get anywhere near and try and throw a microphone in front of her face or she might do what Cristiano Ronaldo did the other day and throw it in the river. She really does. I mean, that is the walk. That is the sort of walk that really only Serena Williams, maybe Venus Williams and Maria Sharapova have in women's tennis. I mean, that is... It, uh, it happens to have just happened next to us, but, I mean, it is... It does make you stop in your tracks, doesn't it? She, she has a presence on the court and off it. No, certainly does. So, uh, what else have we seen today? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, tennis podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well, that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering tennis podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. You know, my day started watching uh, Centre Court and Novak Djokovic against James Ward, which at 6-love, 3-love, I actually started looking up triple bagels at Wimbledon and I only found one, and that was Stefan Edberg beating Stefan Eriksson, 6-love, 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 in 1987. Fortunately, James Ward then won a game and started to play really well, got it back to 3-all, had break points, I think, at 5-all as well and really gave a good, creditable account of himself. It was almost as if someone told James Ward that David Law was busy Googling triple bagels and he thought, hang on a second, I don't want to be a statistic on David Law's Twitter feed in the coming few minutes. And he pulled himself together and gave a really creditable account of, him, account of himself. The fact that he was you know, able to produce some fist-pumping moments and really show what he can do against Novak Djokovic. I mean, of course he would have wanted to win and he's not the sort of player that would just be happy to be there and make up the numbers and say, I played Novak Djokovic on centre court. But equally, I think he would have been realistic about the situation and his chances. So I think he will probably sleep soundly tonight when there was a, a moment or two there when we thought maybe it would be an absolute horror show. So well done, James Ward. 
we're kind of hoping that there's not some massive upset on centre court at the moment because Roger Federer is currently a set up against Guido Payer. Nothing against Payer. Want him to do well, of course. Two games all in the second set there, but we don't really want to have to re record the podcast because, frankly, we want to get home and go and see the England game while also staying across the tennis. Uh, but anyway, Federer is a set and two all. Pliskova has just won the first set 6 2. How's Dan Evans getting on at the moment, Catherine? Because obviously I've got one eye on that, being a fellow Brummie of mine. Uh, at the moment, he's out on court number 18 and he leads by two sets to one against uh, Struth of, uh, I, think, I think, of Germany. Big lad. Big lad, Jan Andersrud for Germany. That match taking place on court 18, as you say, which is just behind our studio position for live at Wimbledon. So, so we can we can watch the whole match from there. We can hear the roars of the crowd, and it's been quite something. I mean, it's almost like because we could also hear the roars of the crowd from court 17 uh, with Marcus Willis, and there was an overlap between those matches. And it was like Dan Evans was trying to outdo Marcus Willis. You know, uh, no, I'm the rogue Brit today that's going to get the support of the crowd. And boy, was he getting it! I mean, he is fantastic to watch on his day he really is and it makes you lament the fact that there aren't more days but you know maybe those days are coming because he's fantastic well if you have them at this tournament that's when your career can get very interesting both financially and in terms of the points of course what else have you been seeing today i i was out on uh, laura robson's match just now again a really difficult hour of tennis for her she she played some fantastic strokes but you know it was it was noticeable that she was hitting shots that would be winners against normal players, but against Angelique Kerber, she was having to hit four of them to win a point, or maybe the fifth one would just go whistling past her uh, on her own right. And that's the difference, isn't it? That's the difference between the the ITF circuit, the Challenger circuit, and the WTA and ATP circuit. It's the difference between juniors and seniors. It's it's much talked about, isn't it? That you know, shots you want to just stand back and admire, they come back at you, and you have to you know hit eight of them in a rally to actually win the point. Um, I I don't know where the line is for Laura Robson between the physical side of things and the confidence side of things. I, I think it's a combination of both. Um, she's going to be on her own now. She's, you know, this is the last British event where she'll be getting a wild card. I think she's actually reached her statutory limit of wild cards, and she's out of protected ranking events now. So she's going to be on her own. It's going to be tough. Her ranking's 308 in the world, but it could be the best possible thing for her. She's got to go out there. She's got no choice but just to win tennis matches and get her ranking up. So. It's going to be sink or swim. I'm sure there'll be some dark days, but I hope, I hope she can turn it around. Yeah, I'm of the opinion that ultimately it'll be the making of her. I look at it in a glasses half full kind of way. She needs to go back and frankly do what Dan Evans did a year ago, win a heck of a lot of matches against players that really she, she is better than, get that confidence up, get the ranking moving in the right direction and hopefully carve out a career for herself because she's still only 22, she's still capable of doing it and, well, we wish her well. Uh, what else have you been watching today? Have you kept your eye on any other matches? I mean, there's, there's been a few others on court one. Nishikori won through against big-serving Sam Groth today in straight sets, although he did have a bit of treatment, I noticed, on his back during that match. What else have you seen? Venus Williams a winner as well. Venus Williams, very good. We had Marin Cilic winning and we had Goran in our studio for live at Wimbledon. I think he's going to be in the studio daily, actually. So if you want your, uh, if you want your daily Goran hit, then do tune in. But he said, uh, you know, we asked him, very good performance, straight sets, victory for Marin Cilic and 
Goran didn't quite see it that way. He thought there was uh, plenty of work to be done on the practice court. But he does see uh, see a, a good tournament ahead for Marin Cilic. He's talking up, you know, at least semi-final chances. So interesting stuff. They're really interesting match going on behind us on court 18 between Gilles Simon, Yanko Tipsarovic. Tipsarovic, of course, has had a torrid couple of Who years. Who won that in the end? Uh, Gilles Simon won it in the end. Tipsarovic had led with a break in the third set. It was a fantastic match. I mean, court 18 does seem to be a magnet for fantastic tennis. It's that perfect balance of big enough, big enough to feel like it's an occasion, but small enough to create that, you know, amphitheatre-like atmosphere. And it's a great call to put matches like Simon and Tipsarovic. It's a, it's a bit of a connoisseur's match, so I think it was a really good call to put it out there and it didn't disappoint similar kind of match I think this one Gail Monfils against Jeremy Shardy listen to this scoreline Monfils won the first set 7-6 Shardy won the second set 6-love Monfils then won the third set 6-4 oh and Shardy's 2-love up in the fourth <laughs> it's uh, you know maybe another 6-love coming uh, up now and the big news in that match David the big news is that Gail Monfils is sans dreadlocks Oh, right. I, I had to do a double take. It was very, very different. I mean, actually, I saw his shadow on the court, and you wouldn't have recognised from the shadow. He has a, such a distinctive outline. He's got a short haircut. Yeah, short It's like yours, David. Don't be silly. Is it grey? Um, <laughs> I mean, I haven't seen uh, Gail Monfils with a short haircut since he was a junior here, and he'd won three Grand Slams in a year at the junior level. Goodness me. Hey, if I can't find his dreadlocks wherever he's put them, I could maybe... You know, you can have hair extensions. Maybe I could just stick them on. I wonder if he's kept one for posterity. People do do that, don't they? Maybe it'd be a bit weird. I, w- I wouldn't know. I've never had dreadlocks. <laughs> but I don't think that's in my future somehow. Uh, Roger Federer is a game behind, trying to level up at three games all the set ahead in the first set in the match he's got against uh, uh, Guido Peya on centre court. Now, tomorrow, uh, I've given you a little bit of an outline, uh, thanks to the interlude of uh, Anna Bocroft, a delightful guest always here on the Tennis Podcast. Uh, so, the first match on centre court tomorrow is going to be Serena Williams up against Amra Sadikovic, who I don't know personally, from Switzerland. Then Brody against Andy Murray. Murray very delighted to see that result from Willis today, and he tweeted about it within minutes. You just know he would have been punched in the air somewhere. He's just got nothing better to do than watch tennis, has he? I lo- hasn't he? I love it. I absolutely love it. Uh, then we've got Caroline Wozniacki against Kuznetsova. Uh, book your afternoon off for that one. I'll tell you, that is going to last a while. Taylor Fritz against Stan Wawrinka on court one. First up, that is interesting, isn't it? It is interesting. Um, I won't repeat what I said yesterday on a preview podcast about my concerns for Stan Wawrinka. I don't necessarily think it'll be a loss tomorrow against Taylor Fritz. I think it could be a, a loss in one of the subsequent rounds. I do think Taylor Fritz could push him, though, and I think he'll be really motivated by seeing the likes of Zverev really, really really step up I think he will go actually you know I'm I'm in this next generation as well and and I'm ready to make my mark too so I, I would keep an eye on that one for sure yeah we will keep an eye on that one. Oh, Jaco Elting's walking past he's a big star from the double circuit and he's just waved to us and uh totally ignored us and walked on by uh, anyway we've also got Monica Pu- I, I, my view is if I say their lou- name loud enough they might just stop and then I get to talk to them uh, anyway we've, we've got Monica Puig against Johanna Conta second on court one tomorrow I don't think that that's a walk in the park Puig has played really well this year she's not a tall player she's, she's relatively diminutive physically stature wise but goodness me she's feisty and she packs a punch 
If Joe Conta is feeling any signs of the occasion and of the pressure of coming here as a top 20 seed, then Puig will pounce. I think she needs to come out firing and not give Puig a glimmer. I, I do worry a little bit for that. I think on balance, Conta probably will come through. I was concerned for her after the Nottingham WTA event when she went out really early and she was struggling with various injuries and just looked really bothered and some of her body language on court was a bit like Joe Conter of, of old but you know she really pulled it together with a good run in Eastbourne so I'm slightly more encouraged um, and I do think she'll probably win but there, there could be some tough times in that match for sure. Now I was hoping to be scheduled for Taylor Fritz against Stanford first up on, on court one until I found out that Nick Kyrgios against Radek Stepanek was first up on court two. Now what do I do? Tasty. Ta- I it depends whether you want to want a shorter day or a lot of those. Both could go long, though. I mean, Radek Stefanik... I just want aggro. Oh, well, you know where to go for aggro, David. Come on. Straight out to Nick Kyrgios, Radek Stefanik. That is going to be aggro-tastic. I mean, hopefully played in a good spirit, but, you know, the nicest possible aggro. But, yeah, I mean, Stefanik's not afraid of a bit of aggro either, is he? I mean, that could... That could be spicy. Um, I can't wait. It's, it's all coming up on day two of Wimbledon. There are so many other good matches. I mean, going through them, you know, it takes us another half an hour to go through them all. All I can say is go and check out the website, Wimbledon.com. See that order of play. You have your pick tomorrow. And Catherine Whittaker and myself, David Law, will be back to talk about all of it after play. We wanted to go and see Simon Briggs, didn't we? But he's too busy writing up massive articles about Marcus Willis for tomorrow's Telegraph. Blooming Marcus Willis, ruining everyone's party, yeah, but creating a big one for himself. And creating a story for us all to enjoy. Follow his progress with interest. Most likely he'll be playing Roger Federer in the second round of Wimbledon. What a wonderful story. We are the Tennis Podcast, brought to you in association with The Telegraph. Thanks to you for listening to us. Do subscribe on iTunes or Android, uh, if that is your phone or device of choice. Review us on iTunes if you can. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff. I don't really understand how it works, but I'm sure you do. We'll speak to you soon. 